Bridge is an acronym for books recycled to instruct, disciple, guide, and educate. We firmly believe that reading is critical for Christians to grow in their faith, and so we strive to make Bibles and gospel-based Christian books available at very affordable prices. Our purpose is to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ through written and spoken word. We do this by providing resources and educational opportunities for people to grow in their knowledge of biblical truth so that they are equipped to share that truth with others. You can visit our website at bridgebookstexas.org where you can find our Reformed podcast, Bridge Radio, where we bring on Christian authors, apologists, and scholars such as Dr. James White, Dr. John Frame, Joe Beakey, Jeff Durbin, John Sampson, and Tim Trumpert. You can find Bridge Radio on iTunes, Android, Windows, and Google Play or stream via our website. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life john 12 verse 25 and welcome back to another episode of bridge radio coming at you from the great state of texas texas proclaiming the gospel fearlessly and faithfully i'm your host as always julio Ahmad rodriguez and across from me i got a the co-host mr aw varilla Hello, everybody. How we doing? And to the right of me, I have the boss of this whole entire Christian bookstore, Mr. Steve Dan Hartog. What's up, everybody? All right, guys. Well, today is another podcast, another day, another podcast. And uh, our topic today, we, uh, we have on a first-time guest. He's the author of, uh, of a book that we've been reading here, Worldly Saints. And uh, uh, there's a question that is proposed in this book, uh, and we were going to unpack it and discuss it today. Can a Christian follow Christ and still enjoy his life? For some people, that that just can't happen, Steve. It's going to be good stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting topic. Uh, if you're new to the program, uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Windows, Google Play, and we are currently developing our bridge app we will unpack all that in a later episode uh and you could go ahead and check out our past podcast as well uh, don't stop listening to this one uh but we do have others from from a whole type of range of topics mm-hmm. that you could go listen to recently we got done with our series on the doctrines of grace we had john frame james white and joel beakey on uh, we recently had the honor and privilege of having rosaria butterfield come on and talk about her mm-hmm. her uh her new book the gospel comes with a house key and uh, we also had john Sampson on unpacking our uh the series of the 12 whatabouts and we had a great podcast that i highly recommend uh men listen to on pornography and its addiction with Angel Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just yeah. really good stuff. He's a Christian counselor. He was in studio, and we just really dove deep into it. So yeah. it was it was really good. Um, and if you're completely new to Bridge Ministries or Bridge Radio, uh, please go visit us at our website, www.bridgebookstexas.org. You could hit our about slash give page, and you could find a lot more information about us through there. Uh, and, and you could also support us. Uh, we are a ministry that is dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, teaching, and dis- discipling Christians all over the world. Uh, we have, a, a, I would say, a worldwide audience now mm. up, up until this point. 
point and we're quite humbled and blessed we have listeners in ireland and australia and and we could just kind of see the map and so yeah bridge ministries right now is just making a, an impact on discipling and teaching yeah amongst other parts in the world right i mean oh yeah we we just been getting some just good feedback from those countries from people who've been writing to us so that's just really exciting yeah, yeah. Just super super encouraging so yeah we just encourage you um this the, the, you know any any anything that you give helps us what we're doing right now which is bringing on guests uh you know taking the time for just to run this bookstore and, and we're really impacting not only our community but the nations yeah. and so all right guys so let's go ahead and dive into the discussion today of uh what can a christian follow christ and still enjoy his life <laughs> so all right our guest today uh he's a professor of systematic theology at grand rapids theological seminary he enjoys writing books on important theological topics that can be read by any interested person uh he says quote many scholars write for other scholars uh while it's important to write books that don't oversimplify oversimplify and are credible with other scholars my ministry is to write books for the church uh, he's the author of multiple books which we have read here including heaven is a place on earth uh, despite doubt and the book that we're going to be unpacking today becoming worldly saints can you serve jesus and still enjoy your life so uh, thank you so much for coming on to the program dr michael whitmer thanks julio i'm glad to be here with you yeah, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time, Michael. It's uh, it's good to talk with you again. It's been uh, I don't know if you probably don't remember me, but it's it's been about thirteen years or so ago. I think when I first took my uh, my first class in seminary, systematic theology. I think it was like a two week uh, intensive course back in '05, and uh, yeah. taking that class uh, really just. Uh, inspired, inflamed in me a, a love for theology, and uh, so I've really I look back with fondness on that class, and uh, I'm finishing up my degree now at Knox, so it's taken me a while, but I uh, really, really appreciate that that first opportunity to study systematic theology with you. Thanks, Stephen. Glad to be in touch with you again. Yeah, Maybe we'll get to see you sometime. Absolutely, we get up there once in a while. So we'd like to get you down here sometime for a pod mm. for a uh, conference. So uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, Doctor Whitmer. One thing that I really enjoy about your book, as I started to begin to read it, um, I might offend some people here when I say this, but when it comes to fictional books. I, I kind of see it as a waste of time. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd rather just be in, in, in studying theology or philosophy. And and uh, and so I guess what I'm trying to get here is usually when I read those books, I don't get a good chuckle at all. I mean, it's not really geared to right. humor. <laughs> but uh, I just really picked up, and I enjoyed it so much, the reading your book, uh, the way that you write, you know, the, kind of the voice in your writing. It's it's super humorous, and it's so enjoyable. Um, and it kind of relates to the topic that we're going to be discussing today. But there's one thing specifically that was really funny in the book, uh, and I just say this to my to my uh, to the listeners. Uh, it's on the section of spiritualism, and you said, uh, and it's in reference to Platonism. Um, and you said, down here we have Fords. Up there is the fixed essence of kindness. Down here we experience kindness. Uh, up there is the pure form of kindness. Uh, down here we have Cleveland sports teams. <laughs> up there is mediocrity. <laughs> and so, no, I just, I just wanted Welcome to. Welcome to my life. Right. <laughs> it must be hard being a Cleveland sports fan, man. But uh, no, yeah. this, is just, this is just something for for our listeners and something that I just really wanted to uh, to, to tell you, Doctor Whitmer, is I, I really enjoyed reading your book. I'm still reading it, and uh, it's just it's a good. It's a, you have a way of humor in your writing, so I like it. 
Thanks. Yeah, I try. It's all part of trying to make it readable, and, it, and theology should be fun. It's important. Right. Nothing's mm-hmm. more important, but we should have fun doing it too. Absolutely, and that's what I really appreciated about heaven is a place on earth, and uh, the despite about despite doubt books as well. They are. Uh, Solid theology, but uh, very readable and humorous as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, Dr. Whitmer, so Worldly Saints, can you serve Jesus and still enjoy your life? Uh, Can you unpack the title a little, please? Yeah, this is, uh, I think I put words to the question I've asked my whole life. Hmm. I've been privileged, and I thank God for my privilege of growing up in strong Christian homes, strong Christian schools, strong Christian church. I know that nothing's more important than serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I do think I grew up, I got a, a sense of, you really can't serve Jesus and have a good time, too. <laughs> and again, this can go to the other extreme of, I'm not saying prosperity gospel, I'm not saying use Jesus as your cosmic vending machine. Of course not. Right. But I did get this sense of, well, in my Christian college, every missionary conference ended the same way. If you like living in America, if you like watching the NFL, then you need to come forward, put your all on the altar, and tell Jesus you are, you are willing to be perfectly miserable. You go to some far-off <laughs> land, you'll miss your family, you'll miss your friends, you'll never watch the NFL again. <laughs> this life is going to be, this life is going to stink, but it's going to be worth it because the next life you get all these rewards. And so I did feel this, in fact, even some of the best, I don't want to say names, but some of the best-selling Christian books by the best-selling authors, they nail this, some things matter more. Mm. Nothing matters more than not going to hell. We must be all about the gospel missions. And I say amen to that. But they don't, if, if, it's just all, if you only play that note, you can heap a lot of false guilt on people. Mm. Yeah. So one of these authors mm. was, I saw on Twitter, they were in Chicago, and someone said, I'm taking this author to get deep dish pizza. Mm. Yes, mm. praise God for that. <laughs> but if you read this person's book and took it literally, you would say, well, deep dish? You should just get um, Papa John's or something, just cheese and pepperoni, just really tombstone. Just the basic. <laughs> that's that's heresy. I'm yeah, from Chicago. Just, just last week, I saw on Twitter um, one, another one of these authors who um, has a minivan. It's a Toyota, <laughs> and someone had jokingly said one of his friends, um, "Now you're kind of indulging because you could get by with a lesser van." <laughs> so my point is that we all. I don't want to sacrifice for one minute the missions, the call to make disciples. Right. Amen, of course. But we somehow have to integrate that into the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So you, you structured the book using the scriptural meta narrative of creation, fall, redemption. Uh, can you unpack that for us, and, and, and why did you structure it that way? Well, because that's the, the, the plot of the Bible, and it is how we should understand our own lives. So a lot of Christian purpose books, they start at the end of the story with, I'm saved. What's the meaning of my Christian life? Mm. In fact, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, does that. And so he has five purposes that are all true, but they're all what we do because we're Christians. Mm. Now, I want to do all those things, but there's a whole big chunk of my life that I do, not because I'm Christian, how I do them, I do them in a Christian way, but I would do them whether I was Christian or not. Mm. Um, wash my hair, wash mm. my car, go to work, um, walk the dog. So instead of starting at the end of the story with redemption and say, I'm saved, what's the meaning of my Christian life? I think we should start at the beginning where the Bible starts with creation. I'm image of God. Mm. What's the meaning of my human life? Mm-hmm. 
then I get a much broader category that's as big as life itself. Gotcha. Makes sense. Under the heading of creation on page 45 of your book, Mike, you say the gospel of redemption may be more than creation, but it is not less. Get creation wrong suggests that matter is the matter or that there is something wrong with this physical world and you'll never get the gospel right. Creation is not only good, with the possible exception of cats, I believe, it's also precisely where you belong. What do you mean by that? I thought our ultimate goal was, as you, re- you, f- you referred uh, in the book to uh, some hymns or some, uh, some popular Christian music from ages gone by anyway, it said, uh, I thought our ultimate goal was to drop this robe of flesh and fly away to our home beyond the skies. So what do you mean by that, that uh, creation is not only good, it's precisely where you belong? Yeah, so there's this this tension of Scripture that redemption matters more than creation, but redemption also aims at creation. Hmm. Redemption restores creation. And so many Christians, we, we get the one part right, that redemption matters more, but we forget the other part. And so we actually think that the Christian life, the goal, is to die and go to heaven hmm. and never come back. Hmm. But actually the Christian hope is for the resurrection. And the resurrection is about your body. Mm-hmm. So the, the most spiritually, heavenly-minded church in the whole Bible is the church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. And they were so spiritual, they could not believe that their bodies would rise again. In fact, nearly half of people in our churches do not believe their bodies will rise again, mm-hmm. Right, which is just heresy. Yeah. The Apostle's yeah. Creed says, I believe in the resurrection. Yeah. Um, so Paul, in First Corinthians 15, writes this big, long chapter. You can tell he's angry because he said it twice. He says, Corinthians, congratulations, if you're so spiritual to be, so that there can't be a physical resurrection, then Jesus has not been raised. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus has not been raised, you're still in your sins. Congratulations, you're more spiritual than God. Mm-hmm. You are now so pious, not even saved. So we have to hang on to this one hand that, yes, redemption matters more. Of course it does. But here's the point. The Christian faith is an earthy physical faith. It's more than that, but it's not less than. Mm. Without a good physical world, the gospel doesn't even get off the ground. You can't Mm. have an incarnation. You can't have the Son of God become human if there's something wrong with matter. Matter is the matter. Mm -hmm. Jesus physically came. He physically died. He physically rose again. He physically ascended. He physically returned. The whole story is physical. Mm. And we have to recover the goodness of the physical world. Where do we get this idea? And it, it's yeah. not a new one, but where does this idea come from with regards to physical being bad and spiritual being good? So I think it all starts with Plato, hmm. 4th century BC, but then I think it came into the church through, in the 2nd century, some of the Greek apologists mm-hmm. who were trying to reach their Greek culture, smuggled some of it in. Augustine, the most important theologian ever, before he became a Christian, was Neoplatonic. Mm-hmm. So he knew, when Platonists said the body's evil, but that's said, no, the body can't be evil. But he did think the body was much less than mm-hmm. the spirit. Yeah. And then even 19th, 20th century, some forms of classical dispensationalism, which says uh, the church, Israel belongs on the earth, but the church, we belong in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so we're the heavenly people of God, we're, we're better off. So those are the reasons, but um, we need to 
without sacrificing the higher, of course. Nothing matters more than not going to hell and living with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But we're living with Jesus here mm-hmm. on this restored earth. Sure. Um, so the, the payoff for me is when we tell, when we share the gospel with people, we're, we're not just selling fire insurance. Mm-hmm. Now we are, we are, that's really important. Jesus mm-hmm. warned more than anyone else about hell, so I don't feel bad about warning about hell. Yeah. But we're not just saving, saving someone from something, we're saving them for something. Mm-hmm. And many Christians, many non-Christians think that we're telling them, uh, say this prayer, accept Christ, and you can avoid hell, but heaven, ugh, that's yeah, not right. interesting at all. <laughs> but what if we told them, I mean, Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. That's not a metaphor. He meant that literally. Mm-hmm. If you repent of your sin and put your faith in Christ, you get the world back. Mm-hmm. Huh. How exciting is that? Absolutely, what a, yeah. Yeah. We have a cosmic gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, I remember growing <laughs> up, I grew up in a Christian family as well. And uh, but a lot of the, the talk was focused on heaven, what we have to look forward to. And I know um, as a kid and even into my teenage and, you know, early adult years, it just didn't sound all that exciting, you know. Right. And so what a relief, what a revelation and a relief to realize that, uh, well, as you refer to in your book, heaven is a place on earth. You know, it, it's a round trip, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, right. yeah. we're not going to be um, in heaven forever. We're going to be coming back here in the new heaven and the, with the uh, new earth. Revelation, yeah. 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 The, the, the way I say it now is that Christians, we have to believe in the three R's. Hmm. The return of Christ the resurrection of the body, and the restoration of all things. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's and good. those that's are good. really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember one time leading a, a Bible study, and it is quite a surprise to find some Christians who don't really understand the resurrection or never really heard that, you know, we're not just going to be there in heaven for eternity, but we're coming back. Yeah. And I remember teaching that and kind of showing them through the scriptures in the book of Revelation, and they were sort of like, wow, well, we, did, we had no idea that that was... Yeah. That was kind of that was that was it. Like that's what was going to happen, right? Um, so yeah, there there are quite. It's, it's there, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I there. mean, I can't wait to uh, my new body. I'm going to have an eight pack, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be because I'm going to be perfectly made, you know. So, uh, so <laughs> dream, on. <laughs> dream on, yeah. That's going to be my In the words of Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, thanks. So, Doctor, First uh, John two fifteen says. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Philippians 3.20 also says that for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if our citizenship is in heaven, yet you're telling us that the creation and this world are good, how do we reconcile this apparent contradiction? Yeah, and this is what I, I cover in uh, Chapter 7, which for me is the most exciting thing I've discovered ever in my whole Christian life. Because when I was first hearing about this in seminary, too, I thought, well, that's really exciting about the new earth and resurrection, but what about these verses? If the Bible doesn't teach it, I can't hold it. But as I'm reading these verses, it, I, hit, I discovered what they're actually saying. And the way I explain to people now is some words can be nouns or verbs things or actions, the same word, like rock. Mm-hmm. Rock can be a thing, or rock can be a verb. We will, we will rock you. Yeah. And so, then it's in the concept. Yeah, the same word. We can use it as a thing or as an action. Well, 
read your Bible the same way. In 1 John 2.15, when John says, don't love the world, and in the very next verse, he says what he means by world. The lust of the flesh, hmm. the lust of the eyes, mm-hmm. and the pride of life. Uh. World is not things, it's not nouns. He's not saying, watch out for ice cream. Hmm. He's saying, don't love sin. Hate yeah. sin. Yeah. yeah. So too many Christians read that, oh, I shouldn't love the world. Watch out for whatever it is that I enjoy. Now, we can make an idol out of those things, and now we're talking about sin again. Hmm. So we must not make an idol out of our pleasures. But the pleasure itself is God's gift to us. Mm-hmm. At First Timothy 6, Paul, right in the middle of his encouraging Christians to sacrifice, be generous and share, in First Timothy six seventeen, he says, God has given us every good gift for our enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, again, there's a tension that we'll always have to live with, that we sacrifice, we share, we don't make idols out of any good pleasure. But we also... Like one one theologian said, if we're always turning over God's pleasures, looking for the idol trap, we never enjoy them mm-hmm. as God intended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think it was a, when we just had uh, Angel Perez and we were just talking about sex. God created sex, and it's a beautiful thing. But within the uh, confines of a marriage, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, though... The churches will make sex this whole bad thing, right? You know, and I just thought maybe that that was a good example because God created it. It, it was it was meant for good. Very much a, a Lutheran type view mm-hmm. on sex, wasn't it? Luther that uh, basically thought it was for procreation. You'd probably know that better than I would, Michael. But yeah, it's the idea that uh, sex is is a good thing within the proper confines. And that also helps you mention the previous podcast on pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, think of creation, Paul, redemption. Every, every, um, every sin, the, the, the worst sins are the worst sins because they're a perversion of the higher good. Yeah. You only get the devil if you start with Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is pornography so addictive? Because mm-hmm. it's the corruption of sex. Yeah. Yeah. But what if we said, okay, instead of focusing on the fallen part, the pornography, what if I think, how can I, in my present condition, honor God's gift of sex? Mm-hmm. Focus on the good gift from God, and the cheap parody will be much less attractive. So um, now diving into the fall, on page 10, uh, 110 in your book, you wrote, Our tension between serving Jesus and enjoying life rises from Adam's fall. In an unfallen world, there would be no need for redemption. So the tension between creation and redemption uh, would be eliminated. Can you please talk a little bit about the tension that is created because of the fall? Right, so when Christ comes back and the earth is restored, we'll live with Jesus here and we'll do what normal human activities, and we won't have to worry about, am I enjoying this too much? Am I wasting my money, wasting my time? You you have forever to live with Jesus on this restored earth. Mm -hmm. In a fallen world, though, because of the fall, we die, so life is short, and there's, there's an emergency. There are people that are going to hell, and they need to hear about Jesus. So I look at my money, my time, what am I doing to get the gospel out? How am I making disciples? Mm-hmm. And so I feel the tension all the time when I buy something, like, is this the best use of my money? Shouldn't I be yeah. putting this money into a missionary somewhere? Right. And yet if that's all I do, I won't ever, I'll be a, a really sad human. Hmm. Uh, my, my, um, I have to live somewhere, I have to wear something, I have to, it's okay to enjoy some amusements. And so the, the tension is in a fallen world, um, 
we're living in an emergency situation, yet we're also called to be human hmm. and normal. Hmm. And I think I think we'll always we should always feel that tension. If we ever stop feeling the tension, I think it means we've fallen off one side or the other. Mm-hmm. We're just living in pleasure and making idols and not concerned all about missions, or we're just driving everyone around us crazy <laughs> because we can't ever relax. Right. We're always, what about the missionary? What about the lost? And you, you got to breathe as well. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, it's, again, going back, and we'll, we'll talk about it later, but that already but not yet kind of an, of an attitude that uh, God's kingdom is here but not yet fully consummated, and so there's that tension that we live with. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, this, this story may help. I was speaking to another seminary a year or two ago, and one of the professors was walking, he said, I was walking to school that morning, and the sun was rising, and the birds were tweeting, and I just had this hat thing. I said, thank you, Lord, for putting me here. I love this life that I have, then he thought, uh-oh, have I just crossed the line? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> have I just enjoyed this world a little bit too much? And he felt guilty, and so I, I thought with him, so here's, I think this is part of the, a big part of the answer. How do you know if you, if your enjoyment of God's pleasure has crossed the line into idolatry? And my thoughts are, I don't think you can enjoy God's wholesome, and keyword is wholesome, you can't enjoy God's wholesome pleasures too much. Hmm. God, our Father, is not afraid that I might take too much joy out of a milkshake. Mm-hmm. I can't enjoy pleasure too much, but I can enjoy it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. In the realm of Christian freedom, there's this Greek word adiaphora, mm-hmm. which means things indifferent, neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. And it applies here. I can enjoy any wholesome pleasure as long as it's Adiaphora. Mm-hmm. As long as I enjoy it with an open hand, as long as I am willing to share it, and I'm not um, putting my hopes and dreams and asking it to deliver something I can't possibly deliver. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of worrying about, did I enjoy that too much? Better to ask, am I enjoying that thing with an open hand? Right. Am I sharing it with others as well? Well, and we see in Scripture, too, that... that uh, a bountiful harvest, you know, um, good fruit of the of the vine um so many of these things that uh god provides for us are seen as a blessing something that we should enjoy and so to treat it as something indifferent or that uh we can uh you know that that, that is negligible i think is kind of an offense to him you know because we should take pleasure yeah. in those things and enjoy them to the full extent that that we can in a way that still is honoring to him mm-hmm. yeah and the, the way to explain the tension i think is I, we're not i'm not at all advocating prosperity gospel need right. to claim it um god wants you to be happy wealthy and all that on the other hand I don't think Christians are also called to be masochists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not like, if you're suffering more, that means you're more godly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think I'm either be, I'm prepared to suffer for Jesus, persecution comes, I will suffer gladly, I hope, but I'm not going to go out looking for it either. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look for trouble. Mm-hmm. I know all things being equal, I'm allowed to enjoy my life. Not just allowed to, I think God my Father wants me to enjoy the gifts He's given me. Yeah, exactly. I was just uh, I was just uh, reading a little about Polycarp, and, um, and you guys know the story. Mm-hmm. And he says that eighty six, eighty seven years have you know the Lord done me good. Why would I reject him now? Right yeah. before, and it, it was just seemed that you know he God 
provided a good life for him. And when it came down to him, though, he knew that he needed to die for him mm -hmm. and not reject him. Mm -hmm. sure. That was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, eight, eight, 86 years I have served him. They've done me no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay, so under the, we've done uh, creation and fall so far. So under the heading of redemption, page one thirty-four of your book, uh, you say the gospel is the best news you'll ever hear. Yet it intensifies the tension you feel between your human and Christian life. Can you please explain the gospel and also why it intensifies that human Christian life tension? Yeah, the gospel, which is often confused today, is simply what Jesus has done for us. Hmm. So that line, maybe Francis said, share the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I, I think I know what he meant by that, <laughs> but that's really a <laughs> terrible thing to say. <laughs> right. uh, you can't you can't mind the gospel. You right. can't act out the gospel. Yeah. Share. The gospel is not <laughs> what I do. It's what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to share the gospel, yeah. I have to use my words. Mm-hmm. So the gospel is full stop, period, what Christ has done. Hmm. And then my job is just to bear witness to that. That's what the word martyr means, witness. Hmm. And so if my job is to bear witness to what Jesus has done, then that raises questions of my money, my time, hmm. my limited resources. No matter how wealthy I am, I have to make choices with where to invest my money. And so some money I'm allowed and actually encourage, expected to spend on earthly pleasure. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to spend so much money on earthly pleasure that I forget that something matters even more, huh. and that's making disciples. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to just say, okay, that matters more. It must only do what matters most. Because I'll be impossible to live with. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll be always uptight, and I will never relax, and actually be a pretty sorry advertisement for Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, one of my Summary Prophets once said, if the gospel doesn't work for you, by all means, don't export it. <laughs> <laughs> the best advertisement for Jesus is a flourishing human life. Yeah. Yeah. It's being who we were created to be. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain, can you really flesh out the gospel for anybody who's listening to us who may not know what the gospel is, what it, what it, it is that we're talking about? Uh, I would just appreciate it if you'd flesh that out a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's the good news that—it's the great news. The gospel, word gospel means good news, but it's the great news that Jesus died for my sin, bore the wrath from God that I deserve, took my place, and then rose from the dead hmm. and conquered sin and death and Satan. And so that if I receive that, what he did for, on my behalf, if I, if I receive that, if I turn from my sin, put my faith in him— then what Jesus did on the cross and in the resurrection, it counts for me. Hmm. And that's that's the best news that is. So Amen. all of life, all of life comes down to one question, do I know Jesus? Yeah, Amen. Which is crazy when you think about it, because Jesus lived 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world, spoke <laughs> a different language, different culture. I've never seen him yet, First Peter says 1-8, but... Everything about me comes down to just this one question. What is my relationship with this one Middle Eastern man? <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome when you put it that way. That's what I love. One of the things I love about Christianity, because it is an historical faith. It's, hmm. it's yeah. God uh -huh. in the flesh and the blood living in time mm -hmm. in history. Yeah, it's, it's particular. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's this man. It's that tomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah. I was reading this morning, Mark 16, uh, the angel in the tomb said, you're, you're, you're seeking Jesus the Nazarene. Hmm. <laughs> Not just Jesus, but the Jesus from Nazareth, that yeah, one. Right. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's interesting that you should bring that up, because we do have a lot of people named Jesus down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so a, it's, good, it's good to be specific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah when, so, when I was a kid, all my baseball cards had Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, yeah. Short stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Short stuff. I had a kid in high school in Chicago, and his name was Jesus, but you had to call him Jesus. I'm like, but it's Jesus. Yeah. And then I don't know how they get Jesus. I guess a nickname down here for Jesus is Chewy. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. still trying to figure that is true. I'm trying to figure that out. What have to do with Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Chewy from Jesus. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but I've heard that before. <laughs> Oh, that's great. You don't have any ideas? Mm, I, I don't. I mean, I'm from yeah. Chicago. Chewy it, from Nazareth. <laughs> Chewy from the Nazareth, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right, Dr. Rittmer. Um, so I, we really wanted you to talk about the, the kingdom of God and, and how it's already but not yet. Can, can you unpack that for us? Right. So the kingdom of God is already established when Jesus came. It's already here. But it's not yet in its fullness until Christ comes back and consummates it. So there's another tension there, that um, the Christian life is full of tensions. But the tension here is we don't want to oversell the kingdom, like some churches get. We have a, a garden for the whole community. We gave iPads to fourth graders. The kingdom of God is here. <laughs> well, it, you might think, well, really? That's as good as it gets? Just that? Yeah. So praise God, the church can do good in the community, and that is the kingdom. But the, this is just the appetizers, the hors d'oeuvres. It's when Christ comes back and consummates the kingdom, it'll blow your doors off. Mm-hmm. So we, we also don't want to be like down in the mouth and say, oh, woe is us, the world's against us, the kingdom I mean, the kingdom's here. Mm. Um, I like to read Revelation now in light mm. of um, some of the trouble that's coming in American churches, mm. because John wrote Revelation when um, Domitian built his temple in Ephesus and the imperial cult was at its height. Mm-hmm. And he wrote Revelation, so what do you do when the government is forcing you to compromise? Mm-hmm. And he said, wrote Revelation, say, well, you don't, <laughs> because <laughs> Christ is Lord. Hmm. Yeah. And Revelation 2 and 3, Christ is Lord, and there's nothing he cares more about than the Church. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more important in the universe than the Church. Hmm. Your Church may be small, but it's what Jesus loves and died for. And so it just gives us, wow, I mean, we, we can't do anything more important than be serving in the Church of Christ. Amen. So we do have the God's kingdom here already. Uh, Christ inaugurated it when he came, but we have so much more to look forward to at its consummation. Can you talk about that a little bit, about the new heaven and the new earth and what we have to look forward to as Christians? Yeah, so we have more questions than answers, hmm. but what we do know makes us plenty excited. Yes. Hmm. So this Isaiah 65, 2 Peter 3, Revelation 21, John calls it the new earth. Um, so in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. In the end, to be the new heavens and new earth. So creation, then new creation. Um, 2 Peter 3, Peter says in verse 13, we look for the new heavens and new earth, the home of righteousness. I think it's telling that what stands out to Peter as different about what's new about the new earth is the new earth is the home of righteousness. That's a word that describes actions, verbs, 
It's not a word that describes things or nouns. So it looks like Peter thinks the new world is this world that's been fixed, mm-hmm. which also makes sense if the new world is too different in its being, in its thingishness. If it's too different from this world, then then, then this world hasn't been redeemed. It's, it's been replaced, just like us. If, if our resurrection bodies are too different from our present bodies, right. then we haven't been redeemed. We've been replaced. Mm, good point. Um, yeah. and, good. and God, in, in Revelation 21.5, the voice from the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. Notice he does not say, behold, I'm making new things. Mm-hmm. He says, no, I'm taking what's already here, mm-hmm. and I'm renewing it, I'm fixing it, I'm restoring it. Sure. So I think, again, there may be some differences on the new word, like will grass be translucent? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't have any reason to think that. I do know August is the best eating month of the year. Michigan <laughs> right now, where I've, I have peaches this morning, I picked tomatoes this afternoon, um, this is the best eating month, but every peach I've ever eaten has come from cursed soil. Huh. Uh-huh. I can't wait to eat fruit from the tree of life Amen. on the new earth. Oh, yeah. um, the color blue, I've, I've never seen that. Imagine how colors will pop yeah. when the curse is reversed. Yeah. We've, I've only ever known a cursed world, yeah. a, uh-huh. a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. We live on the other side of an apocalypse. Yeah. And yet, it's still pretty great. Hmm, yeah. Well, imagine when Christ comes back and he fixes everything. Amen. Hmm. Um, so that's why, how exciting is the gospel? It's not, it is, don't go to hell, but it's also, would you like to live here? Amen. It's not between heaven and, and hell, it's between hell and here. Yeah. Would you like to live here with Jesus mm-hmm. and all your loved ones who put their faith in him? Then turn from your sin hmm. and give your life to Christ and all this will be yours. Yeah. yeah. I also think about the the effects of sin on our mind, you yeah. know, the, the the noetic effects of sin, and when all of that is gone, what we as a civilization will be will be able to accomplish. I think it's it's just incredible yeah. to to even think about that. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, what heights will culture reach? Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't help what, but think. What, what will the music be like? What will <laughs> oh, right. technology be like? That'd yeah. be perfect. Uh, I was just thinking about First John three two when it says. Uh, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it's, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be, but we know when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. Yeah. And there's just things that we just don't know, and <laughs> we can think about him and maybe dream about him, but, I mean, it's going to be just amazing, and we're going to be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. D- Dr. Whitmer, I, I definitely wanted to ask this question, because I remember even before I started reading Plato, um, and, and I would look at trees there's something with me that I, when i begin to look at trees or even grass i kind of start thinking and i'm reading about the new creation and stuff and i i kind of looked at a tree one day and i said i wonder like since we are tainted creation is tainted by the fall and sin um i wonder what like a perfect tree would look like mm-hmm. and i remember i told that to steve one time and he goes wow that's very uh plato of to say and i hadn't read plato before oh, yeah. Yeah. and i just wanted to know i think like if I just want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, I think everybody deep down inside, and the Bible talks about this, has this sort of like feeling that this is not home yet. Um, And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts, uh, Dr. Whitmer, of like, do you think that Plato in some some sense, in some form, was kind of correct in his kind of that that sort of feeling and tug that this isn't everything that's here? 
So I, the way I would just uh, think it's important to make a distinction that this right. world is our home. The big word is ontologically or metaphysically. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm an earthling for heaven's sake. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm image of God. Genesis 2 7 says Adam comes from the Adama. Mm. So I think when we have a kid, the best thing we could ever give our boy is clay mm. or dusty. Sure. If you have a girl, Sandy or Tara, mm. maybe pebbles. <laughs> but we, we belong. We belong on this earth, ontologically, in our being. Our, mm. We're meant. We're not Martians. We're meant to live on planet Earth. God put us here from the very beginning. Yeah. In fact, the only reason we ever leave Earth is because of sin. If we hadn't sinned, we wouldn't die, and we'd never leave Earth, even temporarily. Yeah. So this world is our home, in our being. But you're right. Now in our in the fallen age that we live in. Um, it's, it's not our home yet spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's two ways to think about home. One is location, like where you should live, and the other is about uh, spiritually, who, what person should you live with. So when we die, Paul says, Philippians 1, he wants to go home to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. In that sense, he will go home because mm-hmm. he'll be with Jesus. But he won't be fully home in every sense until Christ returns in resurrection. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like if you know a a college student who's um, maybe this fall semester their parents move, and you ask them, are you going home for Christmas? Mm. They say, yeah, it's complicated. I am going home because I'm going to my parents, but it's not my house. I've Mm -hmm. never been there. It's not my town. So it's not exactly. So something like when we go, when we die, we do go home to be with Jesus, but we're not fully home until he brings us back here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right now we're not, yeah. right now as we live on planet Earth, we're not fully home until Christ returns, which is why the Bible ends. The, the, almost the very last verse and the very last prayer is, come, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is come, not my home. They come, bring us home. <laughs> this is not my home. I'm just passing through, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is your home. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's important I to maintain. It's not my home. I just do passing through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's important to maintain that tension, I guess, between between um, the physical yeah. being good and uh, it's it's that balance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't you go to either extreme, you end up a heretic. So, so the 1987 yeah. pop song "Heaven Is a Place on Earth" is kind of somewhat correct by uh, Belinda Carlisle, or <laughs> I think he got that from Mike yeah. Whitmer. <laughs> <laughs> she got that from Mike Whitman. Oh, okay. Well, actually, actually, the tenth is wrong. It should be heaven will be a place on earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we gotta we've got to get you on for that book. Yeah. So unpack that a little bit more. So, Doctor, in closing, uh, what is the takeaway? Can you serve Jesus and still enjoy your life? Yeah, it's actually the only way you can, <laughs> because without Jesus, without Jesus, we're living for ourselves. Amen. And even people who you've heard of like Tom Brady or other actors who've made it to the top of their profession. What do they all say? This isn't what it's cracked up to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's gotta be something, there's gotta be something more. Yeah. Um, so those people who have it all and don't have Jesus, they flat out tell you this can't be it. But if we know Christ, here's, here's what the most important thing to me, and it comes from the reformation and the gospel, but, my new life verse, I change it every couple of years, but Colossians 2, 9, and 10 is Jesus Christ is the fullness of God, and you have been given fullness in Christ. And what that means to me is that who I am 
is who I am in Jesus, full stop, period, end of story. Hmm. And that frees me like nothing else can. That means I'm free to succeed, and I'm also free to fail. Mm -hmm. I can try things. If I write a book and it becomes a bestseller, praise God, but nothing's changed because who I am is who I am in Christ. If I fail and I declare bankruptcy and I lose everything, it's a tragedy, but still, nothing's changed. Because who I am is who I am in Christ. So only if you're in Christ are you free to really enjoy and take things as gifts and not feel like I have to... I have to win. I have to triumph. I, I have to beat all the time. No, you're you're free to you're free to win, and you're also free to lose mm-hmm. because you're free in Christ. Hmm. Yeah, very good point. Your identity is who you are in Christ, not how many likes you get on Facebook. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting ridiculous. <laughs> That's too far, Steve. <laughs> Dude, Facebook's like Facebook likes are everything, man. Yeah, I always laugh at those ones. Well, they kind of have disappeared, but the ones like like and you know you will bless you know homeless per- or you know just bless oh, those, saint. Those, oh, those yeah. worst. Those drive me bonkers. Yeah, I yeah. Well, um, and, and didn't the Pope grant a full indulgence as you follow him on Twitter? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't uh, compete with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can't. You can't do that. Can't. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's God. great. All right, Doctor Whitmer. Well, where can our listeners? Uh, find you at uh, if they want to email you or even just get your books besides Bridge you come here of course you can come to Bridge come to Bridge first <laughs> yeah, probably the easiest um, I had a blog but contact me to my blog and start blogging again but my blog's still active it's mikewhitmer.blog it's got my email address and right now a picture of my extended family at Thanksgiving cool alrighty alright well thank you so much Dr. Whitmer for coming on the program we definitely want you back yeah uh, absolutely yeah, yeah. All right, guys, so next week we have um, our podcast with Phil Johnson. Mm, yeah. From Grace to You. We're going to be talking about uh, cessationism, cessationism. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we had Sam Storms and we did. Uh, on his book, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, practicing the Power. Practicing the Power. Practicing the Power, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we had him come on. For those who, who want to look or are going to listen to that podcast, go back and listen to our Sam Storm podcast. He uh, holds to the perspective of continuationism which is that the spiritual gifts have not ceased they're still today such as healing prophecy tongues and uh in a very conservative way yes i I do want to say that yeah Yeah, he's not a charismatic yes by by any means yeah uh but yeah so we we got we're getting on phil johnson to to contrast or give the other side which is cessationism which the gifts have ceased so we're going to be unpacking that next week and i'm excited i don't don't know what's going to happen yeah so it's you and I, right? Yeah, because you're, 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 you're gonna be gone. You're oh man, yeah, so you're, you're, you're yeah. gonna be the token continuation. <laughs> yeah, I'm a cessationist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, what is your only comfort in life and death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul and life and in death to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ? And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Later.